Wooga puts it up there. Got it! 88-81 Miami. Four seconds to go. Carr across the timeline. Let's it fly. It's no good. And it's all over. It's a wild celebration. It's history. The University of Miami has made history. They're going to the Final Four for the first time in school history. They're jumping up and down. It's a wild celebration. Miami to the Final Four. Miami 88, Texas 81. That's your final score. March 26th of 2023. The Miami Hurricanes make history. Miami to the Final Four. Can you believe it? And welcome to the show, everybody. No, I'm still pinching myself. Or maybe I would say, yes, I do believe it. Because the Hurricanes are led by head coach Jim Laranega, who uh, put together back-to-back brilliant game plans this past weekend at the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. And what a game, what a day, and uh, what a week coming up as Miami goes to the Final Four for the first time in school history. We have with us, uh, I would imagine, a, a very exhausted head coach Jim Laranega, but also very happy coach. Congratulations on sending Miami and taking Miami to the Final Four. Well, thanks, Joe. The celebration after the game, both on the court and in the locker room, was sensational. Uh, it's very hard to put the emotions into words to describe how you feel at that moment when you've won the game and your fans, people who flew, flew all the way out to Kansas City to cheer the team on, and how bad it looked, how how it looked like we weren't going to be the team to go to the Final Four. It looked like it was going to be Texas with 10 minutes to go. But our guys rallied. They played sensational down the stretch. And now it's the University of Miami and our Hurricanes going to Houston to compete in the Final Four. Okay, well, take us through those final 13 minutes or so. You're down 13 with 13 minutes to go, still down with 10 minutes to go. But I look over on the sideline, and you look like it was 6-6. Six to six. Very calm, very patient, very poised. What did you think was going to happen, and how did it happen? Well, first of all, I'd like to share with our listening audience and with you, Joe, what I said at halftime, because it was very important, and I shared it with my coaches during the first half. When Norshad O'Meara picked up his first foul early in the game, I was very concerned about him getting in foul trouble. He's such an aggressive player on the boards, driving to the basket, uh, just just aggressive, guarding uh, guards uh, when they, they ball screen. So our whole strategy was to try to keep our guys out of foul trouble so we would be at our best with 10 minutes to go in the game. So at halftime, I said to our team, listen, we're down eight. But last year, at this time, we were up six at the half, and Kansas came out with a vengeance, played great defense. We fouled them too often, let them get to the foul line, and then they ran past us. We ran out of gas. Not tonight. We're not going to be in foul trouble. We're not going to run out of gas. We're going to just keep pushing the pedal to the metal. And so with 10 minutes to go and us down 10 still, I, I said to the team, look, it, we just need to play a little better. 
We got to get a few more stops. Our defense needs to pick up. We got to rebound the ball. And then Norshad picks up his fourth foul. <laughs> and so we went to a smaller lineup, putting Jordan Miller at the five, Joe, for the first time all season. And the guys just pulled together and got it done until Norshad could get back in the game. And once he did, we went on a roll. You um, you wanted to take away their layups. Uh, you were going to settle for them taking mid-range contested jump shots. They were hitting threes. Uh, they were 50% for a while, but over the last 10 minutes, they were not. Uh, was some of that the fact that they were using up a lot of energy, and then plus you were kind of wearing them out on defense? Well, I, I think uh, Wilga Poplar said to me, when I, when I turned to the team and said, look at the score, it's 72-68, so now we're in perfect position uh, to close out this game. We've been in so many of these close games before. And Wilga Poplar said to me, Coach, you're always telling us, don't play the score, play the game. And I laughed, and I said, yeah, that is true. I'm not telling you to play the score. I want you to play the game. But, no, we're right there. And so the guy stepped out on the court. I think Texas did the opposite. I felt like Texas started to play the score. We're ahead. We need this game to be over. Right. And we are up 10. We need this game to be over. We're up 6, and we need this game to be over. Finally, when it got to the point where it was 75 all, those guys were like, oh, my God, we may lose this. And then our guys, we made every free throw. We made every good defensive decision. Wooga Papa's defense on Rice was sensational. Jordan Miller's performance. How about a guy scoring 27 points, taking seven shots from the field? <laughs> well, it's funny because I was, I was talking at breakfast with your, your um, video uh, coach Joe Gimble, video coordinator, and, and I said, what do you think? I said, you know, last year Jordan Miller scored two points against Kansas. I don't think that's going to happen. And if he has one of those Jordan Miller games of seven for nine, I think we win. I didn't know he was going to throw a perfect game. <laughs> do you know, I think there's only one other player in the history of the tournament that has done that. I think, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what exactly the statistic is, but Jordan Miller joins very elite company by scoring 27 points without a miss. It might be, Coach. <laughs> you know, you hate to put labels on this, but considering the stakes, it, it, it goes down in the history of the University of Miami. As I, I know Rick Barry had a great game somewhere along the way, but this is one of the greatest performances in the history of the University of Miami. Oh, I don't think there's any question, Joe. Just think about it this way. We were down eight, and we shot 64% in the first half. Right. How is that possible? I don't know. 64%. Well, what happened, we had a few too many turnovers, and uh, Texas shot lights out, too. They were well over 50%, and they got some second shots as well. So, you know, I, I thought with two teams that were very, very fast. And maybe for the first time all season, I thought they might have been faster than us. And I think they demonstrated that for the first 30 minutes. But I think we demonstrated our speed and quickness and defensive intensity in the last 10. And that made all the difference in the world. Yeah, and you guys um, 
really attacked the basket. Isaiah made some huge shots. Nigel made some huge shots. Probably one of the plays, uh, I mean, there are so many great plays and big plays, but uh, one of the most heads-up plays, Norchad grabbed a rebound, and Nigel leaked out on the other end behind their defense. Yeah. How about Wooga Pop was inbounds pass off oh. the back of the Texas player for the dunk? Yeah, now did you call that player? Is that all Wooga? <laughs> That's all Wooga. That was How unbelievable. I I've told you this, Joe. This this kid's ceiling is so high. He's just scratching the surface of how good he's going to be. He's on the same trajectory as Isaiah Wong was. Come in as a freshman, get your feet wet, but you know, you're not really scoring at a high level. This year he starts the season pretty good. He's in the start lineup. He's been in the start lineup the entire year. He's averaging 25 minutes a game, averaging seven or eight points. And now in the tournament, you know, he shuts down Tucker DeVries, holds him to one for 13 from the field. He's scoring in double figures. He's got incredible athletic ability. So very, very happy for him and his family. Yeah, well, he had a big shot. Besides that one, he hit that mid-range jumper uh, late in the game, then uh, involved in a steal and a rebound and free throw at the end. He was sensational in the final couple of minutes. Yeah, he's he's something. Uh, I, I said this before. Uh, one of the reasons we're able to score so well is we have Isaiah Wong, who's got 1,600 career points. Jordan Miller's got 1,600 career points. Norshad Omir is over 1,000. Nigel Pack's over 1,000. And I believe Wooga Poplar is, is headed towards 1,500, 1,600 points for his career as well. Uh, and Isaiah, Coach, he, had, he hit a, a runner – and he also hit one off the baseline. Well, maybe it was off the baseline. Started off the baseline, but it was a fallaway shot from the left side of the floor, kind of over by, over by your bench. That was just one heck of a shot. Yeah. He is something. He only had two points at halftime, only made one shot. Uh, but he just keeps working hard. He keeps attacking. How about, what did we shoot from three, Joe? Like two for eight? Yeah, you did not. That was the interesting part is you showed another dimension of your game because on Friday against Houston, you make a bunch of threes. And in this game, you went inside and pounded them in the paint and got a lot of baskets around the rim. And the reason for that is how the opponent defends. In, in Texas's case, they were out there denying passes, pressuring the ball. What I tell the guys when someone applies pressure, you've got to attack the pressure and get to the rim. And we did that against Houston, uh, against Virginia, against Clemson. If they're going to pack it in, we got to make threes to, to help uh, score the ball from the perimeter to try to get to stretch, stretch their defense out. Uh, before we let you go, just a couple more quick questions. One, how proud are you of, of your team, the way they responded to your game plans. You drew up two, I thought, beautiful game plans for Houston and for Texas, and uh, there was never any panic and just stayed right with them. Well, Joe, you know the expression I use, pack the paint, pack the paint. Yep. And then the, the players packed in an, in an elevator in our hotel and they got <laughs> stuck. 
So during the game against Houston, I repeated, look, at you got to pack the paint like you did the elevator. Everybody in the paint. Then against, against Texas, our emphasis was on really guarding their guards. Take away the cuts. It's going to be hard to stop all their three-point shooting, but you can't let them cut without the ball and get a layup because that's uh, Tyrese Hunter must get three or four of those a game where he just passes it, cuts off the screen, and gets a layup. He did not get a single one of those right. last night. Yeah, Nigel Pack, you, you, he was so engaged when you t- walked him through that. I thought that was probably the underrated part of his game last night and, and, your, def- and uh, your entire defense. Okay, real fast, um, have you had much time to look at UConn? Well, I've asked my coaches to break down uh, UConn's uh, personnel, offense and defense. Uh, Today, as you well know, I'm spending a lot of time with the media uh, talking and trying to get, you know, people to follow Miami basketball, people to learn more and more about the university. We have such a great school. We're a top 50 school in the country academically. Uh, we have a beautiful campus. It's, uh, we live in, in maybe the prettiest city in America, in Coral Gables, and we have the city of Miami at our fingertips. So um, I'm doing a lot of interviews today. I'll do a lot tomorrow. But my focus will be on UConn starting tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. We don't play till Saturday, Joe, so I've got right. a lot of time to prepare. And I was going to say um... – this is wild, Coach. We got home. Uh, I got my driveway at 4.30. And it's almost been nonstop since. And I'm just the broadcaster. So I can't imagine what the demands are like for you and your team. How do you – this is the Super Bowl of college basketball. So the last thing would be how do you, man, how do you manage all of that? You know, um, Back in 06, when our George Mason team made the Final Four, I was doing an interview with Sports Illustrated and fell asleep during the interview. I was so tired. <laughs> Last night, I had 400 text messages. I have another 100 today. So spending a lot of time trying to stay in touch with people, people asking for tickets, mm-hmm. people who say they're flying to Houston. I have a friend from New York who texted me this morning and said, I'll see you in Houston. I'm coming. I got my flight and my hotel. All I need is a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, hey, all, all good news, Joe. All good. Yeah, all good news. Well, actually, the tickets might be easier than the flights, but at any rate, um, it was, it was, uh, uh, it's been fabulous so far, Coach, uh, this NCAA tournament run. Your players are so well uh, prepared ready to go, ready to compete, and uh, just has been so much fun. So I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday when we go to Houston. All right, Joe. Go Kane. Get some rest, Get some rest Coach. All right. That's uh, Jim Laranega joining us. And uh, let me talk to you for a moment about Williamson Buick GMC. I'll tell you who's fired up, Ed Williamson. 
you can get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle in a new Buick from Williamson Buick GMC. New Buicks are arriving daily at Williamson. This means Williamson Buick GMC is sure to have the new Buick you're looking for. Like the new Buick Encore five-person SUV, it has style, performance, technology that's perfectly sized to handle whatever life is going to throw at you. How about the Buick Enclave? An exciting new look that brings together the ideas of a family vehicle and luxury. We all love luxury. To get your new Buick, visit Williamson's beautiful facility, easy to find on US 1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto, or online at WilliamsonAutomotiveGroup.com. Get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle. You can experience the new Buick from your premier Buick dealership, Williamson Buick GMC. Williamson is Miami.